You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. A little woo Everybody good? Everybody glad that your kids are back in school? <laughs> They're not in your hair any longer. Ours are homeschooled, so they're still in our hair. <laughs> we love them. We love them. They're, they are ours. They are all ours. <laughs> all four of them. Anyways, um, no, it's super awesome to be here this morning. It's going to be uh, a quick message. I've got 21 minutes, 37 seconds, and um, man, we're honored that you would join us. If you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for coming. If you uh, just joined us for baptism, man. Thank you so much. Church, would you just welcome any first-time guests in the room and tell them thank you for coming. What an honor. I love baptism. I love moments where people express outwardly what the Lord's done inwardly. It's such a pretty and pure thing. And just knowing some of the stories of people that, that, that hopped up and got in, got in the tank, it just... It just is liberating. It's awesome. It's really fun to be a part of. Um, I'm going to make an announcement before, um, and also, really cool thing, and just so that you should know, our church is actually, um, we're actually shifting some, some atmospheres as it pertains to light and dark, and uh, we are, we're putting a dent in the kingdom of darkness, amen? Um, we've baptized over 100 people this year at Renew Life Church, which is cool. Um, over, over 200 people in this room throughout the year have given their lives to Jesus. So God is moving and shaking, and it's just an honor and a privilege to get to be a part. Um, the announcement that I, I needed to make before I jump into um, my message is we will not have church Labor Day weekend. <gasps> what is happening? We've lost our minds. No, honestly, here's the thing. We're actually not going to have church Labor Day weekend. We're not going to have church Memorial Day weekend. And we're not going to have church the last weekend of the years. And this is the reason. Uh, there is an incredible staff that works effortlessly, tirelessly, all of the time for you. There's a team of volunteers that you don't even know about right now that are in a kid's class um, that are incredible. And uh, I would love to give them the opportunity and the privilege to travel to their family's place and actually have a holiday weekend with them. And so we're just not going to have church on Labor Day because as we are in the church, we are a part of the church and we want to allow them to utilize a holiday just like you get to utilize a holiday. And so um, it's just such a, a great thing. And, and honestly, if this challenges you, I'm totally fine with that. Um, love you. <laughs> just love you. Uh, there's, and, and if you need somewhere to go to church on Labor Day, you're like, hey, I'm not leaving the church, but I, I'm, I'm not that mad, and you want to go to another church on Labor Day, 100% totally fine. If you decide that you want to visit another church on Memorial Day, 100% fine. There's a lot of fantastic churches in Midland. We are in competition. You are not ours. You are the Lord's. We just get to steward you, and, um, and, and it's an honor to get to run with you. And so I just want to let you know that we will not have church on Labor Day weekend. Amen. Awesome. Enjoy it with your families. Invite somebody over. Stay up late. Sleep in if you need to. Whatever that is, um, make sure that you utilize it in a very wise way. Amen. 
only drink communion <laughs> and water. Oh, fun. All right. Um, if you would, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2? Ephesians chapter 2. The title of the message today is The Fruit of Faith. The Fruit of Faith. Jesus, I ask that you would help us for a moment as we get to share, as I get to share. I pray that you would give me uh, a mouth that is anointed, that I would speak words that are from your word, that I would speak truth and I would speak wisdom. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Our hope and desire is that we would um, fall more in line uh, with what you've laid out for us in Scripture, that our lives would have fruit uh, not only for us but for the people around us, that we would start leading each other, uh, that we would be able to be those kinds of people that say, follow me as I follow Jesus. That is the point and the purpose of church, that we would be trained in such a way that uh, as saints we would do the work of the ministry. And so we honor you. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read out the Amplified Version. It says this, And you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins, in which you once walked. You were following the ways of the world, influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan. The spirit who is now at work in the, dis in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. For God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even while we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. Man, these verses are beautiful. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for, this, for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Man, those scriptures are so, so, so good, as all of them are, but this just paints this beautiful picture of the depth of what Jesus actually has done for us. There was a moment in all of our lives where we were actually, all, should have been on the receiving end of God's wrath, 
but Jesus steps in and makes this beautiful way. And I love the fact that salvation is this gift. And it's, it's not this gift that you can earn by your works. In fact, I would say this, that any gift that you have to work for is actually, it just becomes a payment. But the truth is, is that Jesus paid a high price for all of us. And so to get out of this mindset that I have to, that I have to shake myself free, that I have to work myself free, that I have to clean myself up in order that I might even call upon the name of Jesus. It has to be abolished. Because Jesus actually was the, the payment. Belief in what Jesus has done for you is activated by your confession. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Unconfessed belief does absolutely nothing for you. You can believe all day long, but if you don't attach a work to it, confession, it does nothing for you. If your life looks like it did before you confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, I would ask you to reconsider asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. See, because in, in James chapter 2, it talks about how faith without works is dead. He goes on to say, what is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? He says, can that kind of faith save you? No. It's a mere claim of faith. It's not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. See, your response to salvation should, should be obedience. I don't know if you were here several weeks ago. I preached this really super encouraging message called Obedience and Suffering. It was warm and fuzzy. But truthfully, as I reflect on my life and what it was like without Jesus, as I reflect on what my life was like before I had this radical moment with the Lord, I only want to figure out a way to get right in the middle of his will and do everything that he asked me to do. Gra the grace of God is not just a, uh, this, this, um, this thing that we have to, to that, that, that we take lightly and say, well, because of God's grace, I can receive him and then I can live any way that I want to live. That's not, that's not the way that this works. Actually, the grace of God empowers you to stop living the way that you did live and live towards the Lord. We've been living towards a lot of stuff. And sometimes it ain't Jesus. And there's nothing out there that paid the price that Jesus paid for us. But there's a lot of things out there that get more attention. All right, this is encouraging. I want you to think about the thief on the cross just for a moment. This is, there's a story in Luke where Jesus obviously is being crucified and there's, there's two thieves in this moment and one thief, he, he's mocking Jesus, he's, he's slandering Jesus, he's like, hey, if you are the Christ, if you who you say that you are, why don't you get yourself down and, and then save us too? 
Like, if you are who this person, who they say that you are, then why don't you do these incredible things? And the other thief on the other side of Jesus, he rebukes that guy and begins to confess some things out of his mouth that I believe he believed in his heart. And in this moment, Jesus recognizes this man's words and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What if the thief on the cross only thought the things, only internally believed the things, but never confessed them. He would have not got the invitation to paradise. James chapter 2, I was reading a, a portion of that. I want to skip down to verse 18. It says this, some of you say you claim to have faith, and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith without the works, if you can, and I will show you my faith by my works. That is what I do. You believe that God is one. You do well to believe that. The demons also believe that and shudder and bristle in all-filled terror as they have seen his wrath. But are you willing to recognize you foolishly, spiritually shallow person? This amplified was throwing some fire. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? For our father Abraham, was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience which he expressed in his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar as a sacrifice to God? You see that his faith was working together with his works, and as a result of works, his faith was completed, reaching its maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and this faith was credited to him by God as righteousness and as a conformity to his will. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man, a believer, is justified by works, not by faith alone, that is, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. I'm going to say that one more time. By, the, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. In the same way, was Rahab the prostitute not justified by works too when she received the Hebrew spies as guests and protected them and then sent them away to escape by a different route? For just as the human body with the spirit, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works of obedience is also dead. Your response to salvation, like I said, should be a willingness to obey. Obedience to the things that the word has said, obedience to the things of the word should reflect a heart that has repented and is turning towards God continuously. I was reading some commentaries in Matthew Henry, his commentary on James chapter 2, uh, verse 14. I want to read this to you. He said, faith is the root, and good works are the fruits. And we must see that we have both. This is the grace of God wherein we stand, and we should stand to it. There is no middle state. Everyone must either live God's friend or God's enemy. Living to God 
as it is the consequence of faith, which justifies and will save, obliges us to do nothing against him, but everything for him and everything to him. No works equals dead roots. You're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense because a while ago you told me in, in Ephesians that, that I can't gain salvation by my works. You can't. Jesus did all of that for you. But the moment that you receive Jesus, the moment that you make a declaration, you should start obtaining some fruits of the Spirit in your life where people could actually see your faith without asking about your faith. As so much of the body of Christ, we want to tell people what we know. But they couldn't follow us for two seconds because they would be led astray. Not us, but other people. I'm, I'm being really serious because Jesus is coming back. As a pastor, as a dad, as, as a friend, as all of these things, I want nothing more than for you to live as Jesus lived and for your life to look like Jesus actually purchased your life. But if I have in this and his commentary made it very, very clear. You're either living as God's friend or you're living as God's enemy. There is no middle ground in the kingdom. Paul wrote this to the Galatians in Galatians 5. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. We should be living in such a way as born-again children of God that produces the fruits of the Spirit in our life, and that fruit, like I said, should be noticeable by people around us. It's like, man, have you been around so-and-so? Every time I'm around them, man, like just this, this crazy joy is just on them. I don't know how many people say that about me. <laughs> and I'm the common denominator. <laughs> we are the common denominator. Man, have you, have you ever been to dinner at so-and-so's house? There is an incredible amount of peace in their home. And they have four kids. How, how is this possible? Tell us your ways. Living yielded to Jesus, living surrendered to Jesus and his word is an absolute must to have called upon him in faith. Because as you live yielded to Jesus, you are accumulating fruit. The word says that they would know us by our fruits. Fruit is not something that you can just display. In fact, if you just think about it for a moment, if you just carry around the same old apple in your pocket just to display it when you get around the right kind of people, eventually that fruit's going to be pretty rotten. It would provide no nutritional value to anyone around you. And we do this with our lives as Christians. Oh, who, 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 who am I going to be around 
I should put on Jesus now. Who, who's going to be at this lunch? Or I'm at church. Spit my dip out. Take my hat off. Leave that substance in the car. I've got to clothe myself with the Lord. But no one can follow you. Because there's nothing tangible for them. I feel so like I'm just beating you up right now. I say this all the time. If I'm beating you up, I'm beating me up too, okay? I'm thinking about liar, liar. <laughs> when he's in the bathroom, and he's just slamming his head into the toilet. I'm not going to say what he said, because y'all were thinking it. I just want us to have our aim set and that's on Jesus. I want us to aim at becoming more like him every day. I want us to be the kind of people that, that not only praise him with our lips but we praise him with our lives. Um, because there is going to be a moment, scripture tells us, where th- there will be a dividing line set. And there will be people that will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all of these incredible, magical, mystical, miracle signs, wonders in your name? And he will tell them in, in, in a very clear way, depart from me, I never knew you. I just don't want that for us. I don't want that for me, I don't want that for you, don't want that for your kids, don't want that for your grandchildren. And the only way that I know to, to not have that said of me is to continue every single day to put my eyes and my aim on Jesus. If he said it in his word, it is good for me. If he, if he said it here, it's enough for me. If your feelings add anything to this that make you feel a certain way and stuck in your ways, you need to read it again. I need to read it again. This produces life. This is actually Jesus himself. He said, I am the word. This is all that we actually need. These are the basic instructions, instructions before leaving earth. If I will just choose to submit my life to Jesus and all that he said, I will have faith and I will have works. And then you will actually be able to come to me just like they're going to be able to come to you, and they're going to say, hey, I see what you're doing with your kids. Can I follow you? And then someone's going to come to them and say, I see what you're doing with your kids. Can I actually follow you? Oh, there's an incredible amount of peace. Will you just teach me what you're doing in your home? Oh, you seem to have your marriage in really, really good order. I did a, I did a, a funeral service yesterday. And I felt like the Lord said, one of the best ways to honor a spouse is to celebrate the other spouse. How celebrated is your spouse in your home? Better yet, how celebrated is your spouse to your friends? Can someone that you work with say, will you teach me your ways of marriage because your marriage looks like it's headed in the right direction? Do you have faith? Do you just have works? Are you striving every day to be seen by men, 
hoping that someday your seen by men will turn into God seeing you as well. He says you can't have one without the other. You've got to have both of them. Am I living unto people or am I living unto Jesus? That's really the bottom line. The way that we daily transform ourselves, it means a lot. Are you daily becoming more of a disciple? Are you just a Christian that confesses and believes? It says even the demons did that. Are you allowing yourselves to be completely transformed by the renewing of your mind to this word? so that people might come around you and say, ooh, I would like to have a piece of that fruit, and there's more than enough to go around. They'll know us by our fruit, and the fruit of our faith is our works. How are you living? Very encouraging, very introspective, but I'm just telling you, Jesus, he paid a high price for you, and it wasn't for you to flounder around. It wasn't for you to tolerate things that he doesn't tolerate in his word. It wasn't for you to entertain sin here and entertain sin there and then, and then, and then come in here or come in his presence and, 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 and feel like you have to beg him to have relationship once again. No, he's saying I've actually not only uh, Im- implied grace on your life through Jesus for you to live in such a beautiful way that you don't have to work for my salvation. I've actually empowered you by my grace to actually live in a way that is free of sin. Like, no possible way that anybody could live free of sin. I'm going to aim at it every single day. And when I miss it, I'm just going to repent and get back in line. I hope and pray that you're thinking about some things in your own life. I hope that you are provoked in a way to, get, to begin to think a little bit differently. There was a, a guy that used to come to church here years ago. He moved away, and he used to say this as it pertains to salvation. He said, if you are what you were, then you ain't. If you are what you were, then you ain't. I would just ask you, where are you? Can you be followed? Because we need to be following someone that is following Jesus. Your coworkers don't come to the church. They're not following me. They're looking at you. And it's not good enough for you to just say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But you cuss like a sailor. It's not good enough for you to say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And regularly, you destroy your wife's image out of your mouth. It's not good, of a, it's not good enough of us to say, I, I 100% believe in Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. And I sleep around. I'm just trying to tell like it it is if i don't who can 
Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.